Section 44 of The Mysteries of London, Volume 3. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Gray Clayton. The Mysteries of London, Volume 3, by George W. M. Reynolds, Section 44. Chapter 43. Lord Ellingham and Tom Rainford. Lord Ellingham and Sir Ralph Walsingham remained behind in the apartment where Rainford also still was. Sir, said the nobleman, advancing towards the highwayman, you will perhaps be kind enough to explain the cause of her ladyship's emotion. For the scream which reached our ears and the condition in which we found her denotes something more serious than sudden indisposition. This gentleman, sir, added the earl, indicating Sir Ralph Walsingham with a glance, is lady hatfield's uncle you therefore need not hesitate to address yourself to him even should you decline to vouchsafe an explanation to me who am a total stranger to you yes my lord for i know you well by sight we are total strangers to each other replied rainford in a singularly mournful tone and yet but he stopped short seized his hat and was about to hasten from the room when the earl caught him somewhat rudely by the arm, saying, Mr. Rainford, for such I believe to be your name, we cannot part with you thus. A lady, dear, very dear to me, and who indeed will shortly be my wife, dear also to Sir Ralph Walsingham, who is now present, that lady has been alarmed, terrified in some manner, by you, and we must insist upon an explanation my lord returned tom rain in a tone of deep emotion as he gazed with a peculiar almost scrutinizing attention upon the earl's countenance no other man on earth would thus have dared to stop me with impunity as for explanations he continued his voice suddenly assuming a little of its usual reckless indifference i have none to give and again he moved towards the door but Lord Ellingham hastened to place his back against it in a determined manner, while Rainford, as if discouraged and daunted, fell back a few paces. Mr. Rainford, exclaimed the Earl, this matter cannot pass off thus. I insist upon an explanation, or I shall consider it to be my duty to detain you until Lady Hatfield be sufficiently recovered to declare the nature of the treatment she has experienced at your hands. Moreover, sir, added the nobleman, observing that, Rainford's lip blanched and quivered nervously. You are to a certain degree an object of suspicion in my eyes. A variety of circumstances have combined to prove to me that you were implicated to some degree in the theft of diamonds, which lately caused so much embarrassment at the police court. My lord, that business does not regard you, replied the highwayman. The diamonds were restored to their lawful owner, and more than that, I even ascertained from Mr. Gordon's own lips that they were paid for before their restoration by one who... But let me depart, my lord, I say, ejaculated Tom, his manner suddenly changing from nervous trepidation to the excitement of impatience. You must remain here, sir, said Arthur coldly, until we ascertain whether it be Lady Hatfield's pleasure that your detentions should assume a more serious aspect. Allow me to pass, my dear Earl, exclaimed Sir Ralph, and I will hasten to ascertain how my niece is now, 
and what her intentions are with respect to this person. Rainford paced the room in an agitated manner, while Lord Ellingham afforded egress to the baronet, and then resumed his position of sentinel with his back placed against the door. My lord, at length said the highwayman, advancing close up to the earl and speaking in a low, oppressed tone, you will find that her ladyship has no complaint to make against me. Permit me to take my departure, and again I tell you that no other living soul would I solicit as a favour what I would command by force. I cannot allow you to leave this room, at least until the return of Sir Ralph Walsingham, answered the earl. Lady Hatfield must have been insulted or menaced by you in some way. I take God to witness that I neither insulted nor menaced her, interrupted Rainford warmly. If your liberty be endangered, said the nobleman, it is well worth a falsehood to attempt to avert the peril. My God, this from him, muttered Rainford bitterly to himself as he once more turned around to pace the room. And then, at the expiration of a minute, he said in a calmer tone, Well, my lord, I am content to wait until the decision of her ladyship is made known in respect to me. And since it appears that we shall have a few moments more of each other's society, permit me to ask, your lordship having just now alluded to a certain transaction at a police court, permit me to ask, I say, whether you really believe that Miss Esther de Medina was innocent or guilty of the charge imputed to her? This is rather a singular question coming from you, Mr. Rainford, exclaimed the Earl. And before I answer it, allow me to ask whether it was not you who left a certain letter at my house, desiring me to repair to the police office on that occasion. I will not deny the fact, my lord, replied Rainford. Indeed, I did not particularly study concealment respecting it. Else would I not have afforded your lordship's servants an opportunity of describing to you the personal appearance of the individual who left that letter. But if your lordship entertains even the shadow of a suspicion injurious to the character of Mr. Medina, you are wrong. You are in error. Yes, as grievously in error as ever mistaken man could be. Beside my lord, added Rainford hastily, you are well aware that the alibi which your lordship proved was correct. And how knew you that Mr. Medina was with her father and myself at Finchley on the very day and at the very hour when the diamonds were alleged to have been taken, demanded the Earl. It will be useless to pretend that accident gave me the information, answered Tom Rain. But think not that she employed me as an agent or as a messenger to obtain the intervention of your lordship. Mr. Rainford, said the Earl haughtily, I dislike the present conversation. I have the highest opinion of Mr. de Medina, and I shall be sorry to think ill of any one connected with him. But I must candidly confess that there is so much mystery respecting the character of his daughter, a mystery too existing on account of yourself. For which reason alone do I condescend to discuss with you any affair relating to Mr. de Medina or his family? Lord Ellingham interrupted Rainford in a hasty and impetuous tone. Esther de Medina is the very personification of innocence and virtue. As God is my judge, she was ignorant of my interference in her behalf on that day when she was accused of a deed from which her pure soul would recoil with horror. She knew not even that I was in the court. 
and yet you were there mr rainford exclaimed the earl for i noticed you although at the time i knew not who you were but mr medina was not aware of my presence rejoined rainford emphatically for she does not know me by sight a smile of incredulity curled the nobleman's lips but the oath which mr de medina had administered to his daughter and in which her connection with rainford was so emphatically mentioned was uppermost in his mind but he dare not allude to that circumstance though he would have been truly rejoiced to receive the conviction that esther was indeed far different from what he was at present compelled to believe her to be your lordship said ere now resumed tom rain that you noticed me in the court although at the time you knew not who i was those were your words does your lordship now know who i am i cannot boast of a very intimate acquaintance with you or your affairs mr rainford returned the nobleman with an auteur bordering on contempt and what i do know of you is so little in your favour that you see i am detaining you here on the suspicion that your visit to lady hatfield was for no good purpose in fact the first i ever heard of you was in reference to the charge on account of which you yourself figured at bow street some short time since a charge of which i am bound to say you were honourably acquitted lady hatfield having satisfactorily proved that you are not the person who robbed her on the highway thus far my lord said rainford you have no just ground to speak disparagingly of my character certainly not but then comes the affair of the diamonds and i do not hesitate to inform you that mr gordon related to me all the particulars of your interview with him when you called to restore the jewels and when he made you aware of the fact that mr medina had already been to pay him the full value thereof ah mr gordon was thus communicative observed rainford yes and not sparing of his aspersions against the character of mr medina returned the earl but i defended her mr rainford i defended her then and wherefore should you not defend her now my lord demanded the highwayman oh were i to reveal to you by what wondrous combination of circumstances but no i dare not and yet my lord he added in an earnest solemn tone you are an upright a generous-hearted man and i appeal to your good feelings i implore you not to trust to outward appearances as there is a god above esther de medina is innocent of everything anything that scandal or misconception may have imputed to her again you smile incredulously and yet mournfully my lord ah i can assure you that esther is innocent oh believe her to be innocent at this moment footsteps were heard approaching the door which lord Anningham accordingly opened and sir ralph walsingham reappeared how is georgiana now inquired the nobleman hastily my niece is ill very ill returned the baronet ill ejaculated arthur ah villain this is your work he cried rushing towards the highwayman keep off thundered rainford you know not whom you would strike no touch him not cried sir ralph catching the earl by the arm and holding him back i have seen my niece dr lascelles is now alone with her she is more composed though very far from well 
and she begs that this person be allowed to depart without the slightest molestation. Her ladyship shall be obeyed, Sir Ralph, returned the nobleman. Mr. Rainford, you have heard the message that has been sent relative to yourself. Having thus spoken, Arthur turned aside, for a strange misgiving, a vague suspicion, no, not a suspicion either, but a vague feeling of dissatisfaction had stolen into his mind. If Rainford had alarmed or insulted Lady Hatfield, wherefore should she allow him to go unpunished? Was it not more probable that he had brought her some evil tidings? But how could there exist any connection, however remote or slight, between that man of equivocal character and Georgiana Hatfield? What business could possibly bring them together and produce so strange, so powerful an impression upon her? All these ideas rushed to the Earl's mind in rapid and bewildering succession, and the reader need not be astonished if we repeat that a sentiment of dissatisfaction, almost amounting to a vague suspicion, but of what he knew not, had suddenly taken a firm hold of his imagination. Who was this Rainford, after all? Was he other than he seemed? Could he be in any way connected with that narrative of the black mask which the Earl supposed to have partially affected his Georgiana's mind, and which he looked upon as the cause of that apparent fickleness or caprice which had first led her to refuse his proffered hand? The more he involved himself in conjecture, the deeper did he plunge into a labyrinth which grew darker and more bewildering at every step. But he turned around again towards the place where he had left Rainford standing. That individual was gone, and the nobleman was alone with Sir Ralph Walsingham. You have seen Georgiana, said Arthur, advancing towards the baronet and grasping his hand with a convulsive violence of deep emotion. I have, my dear Earl, and she appears as if she had received some severe shock, was the reply. What in the name of God does all this mean? exclaimed the nobleman with wildness in his tone i know not i cannot comprehend it answered the uncle as much bewildered as the lover but did you not question your niece did she offer no explanation did she not state the cause of her emotion that piercing scream that fainting that movement of horror when she recovered demanded the earl impatiently i questioned her but perceiving that it only augmented her agitation I did not press a painful interrogatory, replied Sir Ralph. When I informed her that you had detained that man who I heard you address by the name of Rainford, and whom I therefore supposed to have been the person suspected of robbing my niece, when I informed her that you had detained him, I say, she was greatly excited and desired me to hasten and request you to allow him to depart immediately, as she had no cause of complaint against him. Strange! most strange murmured the earl have patience my dear arthur said sir ralph to-morrow georgiana will be better and then she will doubtless explain to-morrow to-morrow repeated the nobleman impatiently oh what suspense what terrible suspense ah sir ralph you do not know how wretchedly will pass the weary hours of this night if i could but see her only for a moment would you be indiscreet Dear Sir Ralph, have pity on me, and ask Lassels to come and speak with me. The baronet, who was a kind-hearted man, instantly departed to execute this commission, 
and in a few minutes he returned accompanied by the physician to the latter the earl repeated the same question which he had already addressed to sir ralph walsingham what in the name of god does all this mean and the doctor gave almost a similar reply i know not i cannot understand it but there was less sincerity in this answer as given by lassels than there was in the same response as uttered from the heart by the frank and honest baronet for the physician had his suspicions relative to the mysterious connection which now appeared to subsist between lady hatfield and the individual whose visit had caused so much painful excitement that villain rainford i am sorry even now that i suffered him to escape ejaculated the earl scarcely knowing how to act or speak rainford cried the physician why that is the name of the man who was taken up on suspicion of having robbed her ladyship near hounslow and that was thomas rainford who was here ere now returned arthur with bitter emphasis as if he hated the name rainford exclaimed the physician in astonishment i thought that man's name was jameson the reader will remember that such was the denomination under which the highwayman passed when residing in south Moulton street what do you know him demanded the earl gazing upon the doctor with unfeigned surprise i once attended a patient at his abode was the laconic reply for lascelles remembered the solemn promise which he had made to tom rain on that occasion and where did he live inquired arthur eagerly i may wish to see that man again where he lived then he does not live now returned the physician for he moved away the very next day after i was called in and whither he went to the people of the house knew not i believe him to be a man of bad character observed arthur hastily but enough of him at least for the present doctor can i be permitted to see lady hatfield for a few minutes impossible for to-night my dear earl replied the physician her ladyship is in a state of nervous agitation feverish excitement indeed and must not be disturbed her maids are now with her and she is about to retire to rest to-morrow my dear ellingham you shall see her that is provided she is more composed then must i submit to this weary night of suspense exclaimed the young nobleman but to-morrow doctor i may see her you have promised me that i shall see her to-morrow my visit will be somewhat early will it be indiscreet if i call at eleven call at eleven then returned the physician smiling at his friend's impatience but i think i ought to administer a composing draught to you the earl and sir ralph walsingham shook hands with dr lassells and took their departure the other guests had already gone but the physician remained behind to see his fair patient once more ere he returned home when lassells found himself alone in the apartment which the young nobleman and the baronet had just left he fell into a train of reflection which like the earl's state of mind was strangely characterized by perplexity where the doctor's thoughts put into words they would assume as nearly as possible the ensuing shape well this is an evening of unpleasant adventure that jameson or rainford or whatever his name is has brought confusion and dismay into the house perplexities increase rapidly i remember all that ellingham said to me the day that he called to inform me that he was the happiest of men and that her ladyship had accepted him 
he declared then that he knew all that he would never allow what must be considered a misfortune to stand in the way of his happiness and so on i also remember complimenting him on his moral courage in rising superior to a common prejudice and then we dropped the conversation because we agreed that it was a delicate subject and so it was too a devilish delicate subject and i had found out the grand secret by stealth ah the effects of that opiate were powerful and she never suspected that i did find out the secret but Elingham scarcely seems to have his wits about him or else he must suspect the object of this rainford's visit it's as clear as daylight rainford is the man and now he wants to extort money from her ladyship but Elingham cannot put two and two together as i can and the physician rubbed his hands complacently little suspecting that his sapient conjecture relative to the object of the highwayman's visit was totally wrong as the reader is aware this rainford is an extraordinary character and i do believe that he really robbed her ladyship but that she did not dare say so in the police court he has the cut of a dashing fellow who would as soon rifle a pocket as drink a bumper of wine curse him for having intruded on the mysteries of my laboratory oh if ellingham only knew what i know about the beautiful esther de medina the charming jewess what deceivers some women are to look on esther one would think she was purity itself and yet the physician's reverie was interrupted by the entrance of a female servant who came to inform him that lady hatfield had retired to her bed and that the doctor might now visit her again he accordingly repaired to her chamber and having prescribed some composing medicine took his departure without once alluding to the incidents of the evening for he was anxious that georgiana's mind should remain as free from causes of excitement and agitation as possible end of section forty four recording by great clayton